Hello and welcome everyone to another commentary from Stashaway. With us today, our Chief Investment Officer, Freddie Lim. Hey Freddie, how are you doing? Hey Philip, how are you? Um, uh, big hi from Japan. It's, it's so good to see <laughs> so, you be able to make your way over to your family. So uh, very excited. And uh, absolutely, yeah. the, 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 the reopening is happening in a lot of places in the world. Um, and and um, I hate to say this for people who's not here, it's cherry blossom time is it's beautiful. I can I can imagine. <laughs> I saw some pictures already on on uh, across all the social channels. So yeah, so it's looking beautiful. But hey, I'm, I'm envious of you because I think one of my last trips to to Japan I was actually with you. So <laughs> a long a uh, few years ago. But um, hey, Freddie, lots of things are happening. Um, obviously, the big news this week. What everyone was waiting for was the Fed minutes from the March meeting, from the March FOMC meeting, uh, were released um, today as we record this on Wednesday, the 6th of April. Um, so with that being said, maybe you can talk a little bit about what happened in the minutes and what kind of impact it had this week already on markets. Well, uh, the minutes uh, basically affirm the Fed's concern over inflation and their determination to keep it uh, in control. As you know, their they, their long term target is uh, you know the natural equilibrium is around two two and a half percentage point. Because of the new framework of using averages, maybe three percent is still comfortable. Today we're talking about headline at seven point eight percent year on year and six point four percent in the core inflation. Uh, the PCE is a different number, but I'm just talking about the consumer trends here. It, it is a concern even if you exclude the impact of fresh food and energy. So they probably felt compelled to do something about inflation right this very moment. No, absolutely. And I think with that being said, right, I think you wanted to also, we talked about a little bit before uh, we went uh, live, is explain we talked about it a lot of times uh in, in, in probably a years a year two years ago when uh obviously during um covid when it first started and you know markets were dropping the fed was stepping in right we talked a lot about the money multiplier maybe we'll refresh that a little bit for the listeners and see where does it stand right now and why is that an important indicator yeah that's a very good point um the money multiplier works both way uh suppose it's uh you know pre-crisis it was at 5.5 times. Uh, that means every single dollar that the Fed has pumped into the banking system uh, will, over time, in a few months, grow towards $5.5. So that's a money multiply effect. That effect came from the fact that our banking system is a fractional one. If there's $100 in the banking system, the banks will only need to hold a certain fraction of it in reserve. As new money comes in, a fraction of it goes into the reserve. Majority amount of it can be lent out again. And the cycle multiplies money a couple of times. So that's a money multiplier. Now, it works the other way, too. When the Fed is withdrawing liquidity or selling the balance sheet in this case, so the so-called quantitative tightening is essentially reducing the, 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 the holdings, that the assets that the Fed has purchased over the years as part of the multi-year uh, support to the economy. So they need to wind that down. Every dollar withdrawn well through the money multiply process uh, result in a certain impact on the money supply and hence on the economy. And at the moment, the money multiplier, whether it's M1, which is more narrow, or M2, which is broader, they are at all-time low. 
So I mentioned five and a half times this before COVID. Uh, it's gone down to 1.3 times in M1 and 1.11 times in M2. So what it means is quantitative tightening's impact is also a lot more muted than in the past. This is the right time to do so. Uh, but obviously, the market has to digest this new piece of development. No, absolutely. And that's why we're seeing in the first few days of this week, um, you know, with the anticipation of the of the Fed and, uh, you know, with the Fed, uh, markets have started um, to go down a little bit after a couple of weeks of like kind of like a refreshed <laughs> um, up, up slope, right? Um, Freddie, you, you talked a little bit about uh, the money tightening and what the Fed is going to do. We talked about... Um, um, why they're doing it, right? Inflation is running amok a little bit. So a lot of times people argue, or you hear a lot of people will probably have read this before, is that like, oh, the Federal Reserve, if they don't get the Fed rate hike, if they don't get the rate hikes correctly done, it ends usually up in a recession, right, historically. So, and with, there's a secondary part to this question, and is normal, let's say, for example, they start rate, uh, rate uh, hiking rates, and then we're seeing equity markets drop, right, by 10, 15, 20, maybe even 30%. Who knows, right, what's going to happen? Where is that threshold of equity market downside risk that the step that the Fed has to actually step back in, right? Well, you know, they have a uh, long history, the Fed, and in the past, the you know, more primitive way of uh, communicating, and nowadays, they are very experienced, let's put it this way. So it's a bit of feedback loop between the Fed and the markets. If you see what the amount of rate hikes is in price into the market over the last year till today, you can see it's quite artfully done, right? The Fed signaled that they need to hike a little bit, market price at the end, uh, that the market tells the Fed what they're expecting beyond the immediate. There's a whole market for different horizon going to the future. And then the Fed looks at that and say, well, okay, uh, that's sort of reasonable. And they, they slowly guided the market there. So that's with the rate high expectations. You, you, you see the market now comfortably pricing in 8.9, 25 basis point hikes for, for, for this year. So that means the market is already bracing for some 50 basis point hikes. So that was very awfully done. And yet here we are, the markets, a bit flattish, but we are not, it's not like a crash. It's very well done. Now, this is similar, in my opinion. It sounded a bit abrupt two days ago when Layer and Brandon came out, to being the dovish member traditionally, saying that sort of shocked everyone. Spooked it, yeah. But you saw the num <laughs> yeah, you spooked. But the sort of numbers today, $95 billion, $1.14 trillion a year. The equity market is at least $48 trillion in the U.S. It's the money multiplies not is one point something times. So you're not withdrawing a lot in terms of liquidity out of the markets. So that's manageable at the moment, right? So I think the Fed is playing a game of signaling a little, testing the response of the market. If it's healthy enough, they will try to push it again, right? How And ultimately, as long as there's earnings potential, there's earnings momentum in the equity markets, is rate hikes would not interfere with that, right? So, Like Warren Buffett famously coined the term synthetic bond. You can think about the stock market as a very long data bond. Every year, the cash flows your earnings or expected earnings. If your earnings pick and you have an interest rate hike, yes, a percent of interest rate hike can reduce the equity market by 15 16%, right? But as long as earnings momentum is there and that provide cushion and impact. And that's sort of what we see in the equity price action right now, right? Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but investors need to take this very long-term view, going back many cycles and say, 
how has the Fed been doing this before? It's not like every rate high cycle a recession. It's, in, in fact, the, the, the way it's done now is signaling, testing the response, and then uh, then adjust the expectations. That approach is a lot safer than in the past, yeah. in my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm being open about it, right? The markets, you know, if, if, if they know about things, they usually price these things in, and it's a lot more, a lot less of a, a, a surprise, right? So I, I think that's very important. And then um, I want to ask you one other question that just came to my mind while we were talking about this. I think, you know, earnings have been okay, this year still right i think you see a lot of companies um taking the advantage not advantage but they have to because obviously raw materials have you know inflation has caught up right and are passing it on to the consumer by raising prices you see it across the board if you type in any company they probably raised the prices over the last uh couple months right do you think the raise in prices versus the earnings not even reflecting it because companies will have to also raise probably pay right Because if inflation is, you know, seven, eight percent and an employee is getting, you know, like their one to three percent normal, you know, merit increase, so to speak, it's not keeping up. And I think that's when the economy will start seeing it if the end consumer can't buy things because they didn't get enough raise. Do you, do you see any, is there any relation you think between all of this? Or well, not really? So, so, so this is a great dynamics, right? If I'm a company, uh, I look at my costs, which, which includes a lot of wages, with that increase in cost base is my earnings potential growing faster. And right now, if you look at equity markets, the, the healthy thing is not the expansion of PE multiples, but the expansion of earnings per share. So that is still very healthy. And at the moment, they're sort of able to overcome or manage the situation of cost increases. But if the Fed does not do anything about it, in a year later, going more forward-looking, those companies' quality of earnings will start coming down. So to move the market forward in a healthier manner, It's actually the Fed's, in the Fed's interest and the economy's interest that we do some sort of tightening now while we can, while the money multiplier is low, right? So I, in, in a way, we shouldn't overreact to it. We should always stick to the long-term plans. Uh, portfolio should not be unidimensional to just the stock markets tracking it. It should be multi-asset, super diversified, not geography, but also asset types, which is what we have been doing since the two, three re-optimizations we've done last year. And this year, so those are very important things. Super to keep important in mind of. because that really, you know, it really shows also in, in in more volatile markets the benefit of it, right? So when it's all going up, then it's it's not so obvious for people. But this is times like this where you really want to protect the downside, so you don't get hurt and you're in in the mar you can stay in the market for the long term, right? I think that this is really really important. So um, thanks again, Freddie, for for, for sharing all your. Um, all your thoughts here with us. Um, and if you want to learn a little bit more about a couple of asset classes, we have a few cool um, events coming up. So for our Hong Kong and Singapore audience, we actually have an event um, co-done um, co with State Street and ourselves, and it's called Gold versus Cryptocurrency. So if you want to learn more about using one or the other or both or a mix of them, um, you can ask all your questions during the webinar. That's on Tuesday, the uh, 12th of April at 7 p.m. local time. So if you um, have any questions or want to sign up for this, go check out our website or the links in the show notes below. And for our Malaysia audience, we have another couple of webinars on the 13th of April. That's Wednesday, 6 p.m. It's called What is Your Financial Plan B? So if you want to learn more about, you know, estate planning and, you know, having wills in place and protecting yourself and your family, 
It's a great event. I really recommend you guys joining this. And another one is on the 20th of April, so the week after, Wednesday, same time, 6 p.m. It's called an inside look into Stashway. So if you wanted to learn more about us, how we invest, uh, how the app works, um, how we do uh, all kinds of other things, <laughs> please feel free to join. Ask any questions you want. It's super interactive. Looking forward to having you there. Until then, Freddy, I wish you a wonderful time and I'm sure we'll speak while you're still there and I'm looking forward to that in a few weeks, okay? Thank you so much. <laughs>